Hey everyone, and welcome back to Stop Wasting Your Wine, the wine review podcast where we waste our wine so you don't have to. On this episode, we review a red wine from Argentina. Fantastic. Hey everyone, just welcome back. This is Aaron, and I'm sitting here with two of the most delightfully splendid, just kindest people I know, Joel well, and Colin. How the heck are you guys? Really, really good. A little tired, but really, really good. You always give such nice compliments, Aaron. I like when you host the episodes. Now, I you went into that, you had no idea what you were going to say, and you just thought of the nicest words, and you strung them together. <laughs> That's I could tell. I've known you long enough to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad it landed where it did because I almost just went right off a cliff and just started making words up. So this was good. We got we got to we got to the sure. right place and and I, I stand stuck by. to real words. Yeah, <laughs> Fair enough. I got there. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, folks, here we are with another wine to review, some more knowledge to drop, and, and some more laughs along the way. So, um, Joel, can you let us know what we will be drinking today? I would be happy to, Aaron. So this is our red wine from Argentina. More specifically, this is from Layer Cake. And tonight we're drinking the Layer Cake Malbec from 2022. This is from Mendoza, Argentina. It's got an ABV of 14.5%. Uh, and we picked it up. Yeah, it's it's up there. I think probably the highest one we've uh, we've done so far. We picked this up at our local grocer. This is one of those ones, guys, that you can pretty much find anywhere. Grocery store, your local wine shop, kind of kind of all over the place. So layer cake, Malbec, and uh, we picked this up for somewhere between $12 and about $15, too, depending on where you are. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks, Joel. You know, today we're gonna be we're gonna be start a little uh, something a little bit new. We're actually gonna talk about why we picked this wine today, and this is a suggestion from a longtime listener, Matt. So thank you so much for the idea, Matt. And today was my turn to pick a wine, and I had two deep reasons I, I went with this. Really, like you know, world shattering, life altering uh, uh, decision making happening here. One was I really liked the picture. You know, I just like, I like the brand. I like the logo. I think it's simple. It's kind of cool looking. And I, I always kind of jump out at me when I walk by him on the shelf. And also, you know, we've been kind of hovering around, you know, 17 to $25 range for a lot of our reviews. And this one, you know, is a little bit lower. This one I noticed, you know, is in that $12 range. And, you know, part of the show is we want to help people find, you know, wines that are quality and, and tasty, uh, regardless of the cost. And I kind of wanted to see like, if there's a drop off, like when we start to get to uh, certain price ranges, you know, if there, if there's a noticeable difference. So two things, cool label. And, uh, you know, this is on the, uh, less expensive end of, of the wine spectrum. This is our first Malbec too. So it'll be interesting to try a new grape. That's always that's always neat. That is neat. And you know what? You know what else is neat? Learning something new. Colin, Nicely would done. you like to teach us? I thank you. Yeah, 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 thank you. Teach <laughs> us something, man. This is the only thing you will learn.
All right. So for this episode, I wanted to jump into how to assess a wine, which is what we do here. We uh, taste it, smell it, sniff it, let you know how we think. So I thought I'd go through at least my process and kind of the the standard process. I picked this up through my WSCT training. Um, this is also kind of a very basic what a sommelier would do. And this is going to be more for when you really want to get nerdy about a wine. This isn't, you're not going to do this every time you go out and you're enjoying wine at a party or something like that. Although if you do it enough, you just kind of start to think this way. Um, but this is more for when you're at home and you really want to dig into, you know, the wine and what it brings to the table. So I just want to run down the steps of what you do to assess a wine. So the first step is to swirl the wine. And the sw swirling the wine actually is, there, there's a reason for it. You don't just do it to uh, look like a douche. Um, the, which well, you, uh, the only, that's actually the only reason I've been doing it. <laughs> I'm really excited to know why I'm doing it because it's just the first thing I do and I don't know why. I actually yeah. think it looks cool. Like to no, me, I mean, that's it, like, just do it and you look like you know what you're doing. Like again, going back to just the, the, feeling the most, the most confident. mindset possible. I think it looks cool. What are you talking about? It is not douchey. This is how you smell the what? Get out of here. Go on. Is it Colin. a smell thing? We'll talk Colin, about why this am I more. doing this? We'll talk about this more. No, I I think it looks pretty cool too. We this is why we need to get to video format though, because we're all sitting here swirling our wine. Everybody's like swirling their wine. Everybody's swirling their wine. About this. <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I I do think I have the best swirl out of all three of us right now too. I did, I'm, I'm judging you all by your swirls. Go on, Colin. waiting for you to on. dump that dark red wine all over your shirt. That's I'm not going to lie. Oh, you, guys, you guys look awesome, you know, so. Thanks, uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right, Colin, why are we doing this? So you, uh, you swirl because it burns off a little bit of the alcohol, which releases some of the aromas in the wine. So you get that, that gets the wine going, really releases some of those aroma compounds. Next, after you swirl, you get your nose in, you give it a little sniff. And not only are you looking for the aromas, but you're also looking for aroma intensity in a, what's considered a good wine. You have a lot of very intense aromas. The more, the better in, in what is considered a good wine. There are three major categories of aromas. I, I think this is pretty cool to, to think about while you're sniffing. There are primary aromas, which come from fermentation. These are going to be your fruit flavors, mostly. Uh, you have secondary aromas, which come from the winemaking process, which is going to be mostly oak influence and other things that a winemaker can do to influence the wine. And then you have tertiary aromas, and these aromas are from aging. These also show up in the taste. So you're going to not only sniff those aromas, but you're also going to taste all three of those uh, categories. And then when you taste the wine, you're also looking for structure, which we talked about over the past couple of weeks. Flavor intensity, a quote unquote good wine is going to have a lot of flavor intensity. And then finish. So how long the really nice flavors stay in your mouth. And I keep using the quote unquote because, again, this is a high level view of the WSET education. So, you know, these are just standards. Also saying quote unquote just brings a whole lot of legitimacy to whatever you're saying. Quote unquote, it uh, makes you sound a little bit cooler. So, yeah, yeah. yeah while well, while you're swirling your wine, if you say quote unquote, I mean it's the pinnacle of awesome. So yeah, <laughs> they're still swirling their wines. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you didn't tell me how long. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, just it's just a little bit. You only need a quick swirl. It's it's not oh, a four minute yeah. swirl. It's just a, a brief little whoop whoop. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah that's all you need our wine review book when we ever write it is going to be ridiculous 
It's just yeah. going to be like, and at this part, you can just take a brief little whoop whoop. It's going to be in italics. So what you're looking for in a good wine is a wine that is well-balanced with the structural components and flavor. It's intense, it's complex, and it has a nice long finish. So, um, And that's really a high-level view of assessing a wine. The steps, again, are the swirl, super important, the sniff, the taste, and then all of the components that go with the, the taste and the sniff. Swirl, smell, taste, and then like structure knowledge. And then, yeah, structure, flavor, intensity, uh, which all, that's all under taste, really. And then that leads to whether or not the wine is well-balanced, you know, the intensity of the flavor. This is all stuff you're taking notes of as you're trying the wine to, to assess whether the wine is a good quality wine. And you're not assessing in this situation for whether or not you like the wine. You're assessing for the quality of the wine because there can be good quality wine that you don't necessarily like. So when you're using... They call this like the grid because when you see it laid out, it, they lay it out in a grid fashion. It, it's all about assessing m- more so than whether or not you like the wine, the quality, which if you think about in a restaurant setting makes a lot of sense. If you're a sommelier, you know, you may be able to assess the quality if it's a good quality wine, even though it's not necessarily the wine for you, you can still make a recommendation um, because you know it's a quality wine. Awesome. Calm. Yeah. Thank you. That's like, that is a super helpful. I don't know. I don't know if I categorize that as like one thing we learned, but that's like, that that's a, that's a super helpful next step. I think based on the knowledge that we have acquired so far. Perfect. Awesome. So let's put that to use right now with this wine. So let's crack it open and let's use our first step, which is to swirl. I've been doing that this whole time. It's, it's, that the entire well, time Colin's been talking. Well swirled. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Tastes like wine. All right, we're all a bunch of jerks swirling our wines together. Let's stick our noses in there. What uh, aromas did we unlock with the swirl? First of all. Colin, this is this is quite the trick here because man, we we've been doing this for a couple episodes, and yeah, wow, man, you get so much more of just what's going on in there. Like as soon as I put my nose in there, I'm I'm just like whoa, hit with the aroma. Yeah. Here. However, I'm gonna say as I'm as I'm smelling this wine, I'm getting one one big thing, plum, followed by kind of just I, I don't know, I, it's taste it smells like it's gonna be a little bit alcoholic. <laughs> no, definitely. You definitely get that that sear up the nose on this one. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, that that fourteen point five. And and as a reminder to listener, like to listeners, uh, most of the wines that we have been drinking are in that thirteen percent range. So fourteen point five is a is a stronger wine uh, comparatively. And you, you definitely yeah, you could probably get drunk smelling this wine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you, def- you definitely get <laughs> it's that. It's really like, intense. You know. When the bartender hands you a drink that you like right away know it was made with a little bit too much liquor, you're just like, yep, there's this is a little heavy. Yeah, Colin, is is that consistent with Malbecs though? Like, are Malbecs usually higher alcohol content, or is that just this one? It's style. It really depends upon who makes it. There, with really all grapes too. It's not just Malbec, but you can find many grapes in varying styles, and this is definitely uh, a heavier style of Malbec than you'd usually find. Although. It so, is. so it's not typical of all. It's just this this one tends to or seems yeah. to be. 
and it is kind of like a, a bigger grape naturally, so you know a more intense style kind of lends itself to the grape, but that doesn't necessarily mean a winemaker has to make it in that way or it's better made in that way. So it really comes down to winemaker and winemaker finesse what they put into the wine. I'm hearing you guys say that pretty much what we smell is like plums and regret. So let's go ahead yeah, and take a and, sip. Plums and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, take a sip of this and see if it tastes <laughs> different than what we're uh, foreseeing. Yeah, regret yeah. is about correct. Well, it tastes like I'm going to have a headache tomorrow morning. That's that's what it tastes like to me. Yeah, call what, what is that? Like, you can uh, taste this right away, and I'm just like, this feels like a headache wine. Like, this is, is it's at the, it's just very sugary, high alcohol. No. Right? You just, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, it's def- definitely the high alcohol for sure. I don't, you know, I'm not really too sure what else would be in here that, but it's, I think what you're, you're experiencing is that kind of alcoholic burn. It just, you can feel it. Like, you can really feel it. I know we talked about structure of the, you know, in past couple of episodes. What do you guys think about the structure of this one? Hit us hit us with the main points of structure again, Colin, just to remind us. Yep. You have uh, sweetness, acid, uh, tannin, body, and alcohol. Yeah. Of, of those four, honestly, the, the two, you know, two sticking out to me right now are acid and like we've been talking about alcohol. Not, not getting a lot of tannin. It's definitely not a, not a sweet wine, in my opinion. Nope. Um... But yeah, de- definitely acid and um, gosh, just like like we're all saying, like we're all talking about here, definitely, definitely there's alcohol in this wine. Yeah, and like weirdly acidic too. It's not like <laughs> pleasant acid. It's like this doesn't really fit. What, like what, I just, it's so confusing. Honestly, it's a very confusing structure. You like, to, you, like you said, medium tannin probably, medium body, which is weird for how much alcohol there is. It doesn't really sit too heavy on the palate, which is very confusing. We talked about balance. Uh, also, this this is like the antithesis of balance. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, this is reminding me back to the other, like the, one of the first wines that we actually did not recommend buying uh, early on in the season, which was also a like darker red um, and had a very similar pro- uh, problem of being heavier on the alcohol and having a balance issue ironically the issue with that one we also had was that it wasn't terrible but it was also the price point was was too high for that wine and in here we seem to have like an almost alternate problem where it's just like this is a low price point and it almost tastes like kind of what you paid for well and also an alternate problem because with that one there was a lot going on and it was unbalanced and mm-hmm. with this there's very little going on (laughs) and somehow it's still unbalanced. Like how this can be so like all I'm getting is plum. Yeah. And for, for plum to be a star player here and it to be super high acid is kind of like blowing my mind right now. I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to shock you guys right now and I'm going to, I'm going to venture a second taste that, that I'm getting in here. Oh, please. I'm getting, I'm getting like a little bit of vanilla and but the the reason that's like sticking out to me is it's also just like, especially when like you're baking and stuff, like vanilla is something you kind of toss in to just add a little bit to it. And so the fact that what I'm tasting right now is like a vanilla-esque flavor, it's just like, again, like you're saying, Joel, it's like trying to get a flavor out of this. Like there's just, there there's nothing yeah. that's like jumping out. And so there's just like these like 
accents. Like vanilla is like an accent flavor and like the plum is like an accent flavor. Yeah. No, vanilla is actually a pretty, pretty good call. It's definitely, if, if you pay attention, really dig. It's, uh, it's in there. God, I would agree Aaron. with that. Aaron's killing it Aaron recently. Aaron is becoming like, yeah, you are just, you know, I know up front you were talking about how you, you don't have all these different familiarities with flavors and stuff, but you're picking out like the quietest flavors in all of these wines. Yeah. And the little extra. Yeah. Absolutely. It's funny because it also like speaking of it, it kind of tastes like fake vanilla too. Mm. It's not like really nice vanilla. It's kind of like uh, yeah. we, we, we got this in here because we thought it should kind of taste like vanilla. So here you are. Would that be said like, so I don't, I don't hate it. And I wonder if I was like drinking this with like a meal, if I would care less about like the lack of flavor you know what i mean like if i was having this with a steak i don't know i'm trying to give it like a little bit of a benefit right now because it's not upsetting me but it's there's not much going on no this with food would be even worse because there's not much going on there's almost no flavor so any food you eat is going to drown out what little i mean unless it's like it would be steak and then plum is what you would it, I, it's just is that not what you guys eat for dinner yeah. every night like yeah, steak, steak and a, just a, a <laughs> well, juicy plum right next. The the only thing I could imagine drinking this with would be like a dessert, which is so weird because it's not a very finishing sweet your bottle wine. of wine with your vanilla ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Sound maybe bite. that's why it's funny because like that's that's the only thing I could. It's the only thing that doesn't kind of gross me out thinking about drinking this while. Yeah eating is <laughs> something kind of sweet and something like kind of desserty you know not yeah. it's not a knock on on the wine itself it's a you know co- uh, a, a comment on just kind of like what i'm getting from this and and what i would eat with this which is not honestly not all that much yeah the aftertaste of this wine is not good either it's just just not good are you also like I think, I think i think we've, <laughs> i think we've like really hammered down into our thoughts about this wine I do. I, I do want to let's jump in. So hit, hit that drop, Collins, which is going to sound really sarcastic at this point. Yeah, but did they like it? It's time no, for you. No. <laughs> uh oh. All right. So we all um, have the right. same idea. So let's. I, I think. <laughs> I think we could. We could very easily be like, nah. But let's. Let's really like dig into this too as we build mm-hmm. into this review. So, uh. Let's start, Joe. Let's start with you. Oh, but where are you putting this? Are you are you going straight to the drain with this bad boy? I am going toward the drain, and I am giving it one last sip, just straight <laughs> out of the bottle, before just to just to you know do my due diligence, and then I yeah I gotta tell you I think I'm pouring it down the drain. And here's my reason. We already talked about how, or at least I already talked about how like the only thing that I'm getting here is plum and there's there's nothing else that it's really offering to me. What we haven't really talked about is the fact that this is about a $12 bottle of wine. We have had $16, $20 bottles of wine that we have really loved and have been really, really nice and really complex and, and well-balanced wines. So... I don't know if it's just the accessibility of this wine that's made it so popular, but for there to be a very small price difference, but such a huge quality difference, to me, it's it's do you know go go to where uh, you can get just a slightly better bottle of wine for not that much more money, and you're going to have a, a much better experience. So for considering that 
combined with kind of the the lackluster experience that we've had, I think we've all had uh, drinking this wine. Yeah, this is going to be my first down the drain wine. Wow. Yeah. Right. And I just let me oh. let me jump in. I mean, just piggybacking off what you said there, that's kind of the whole reason why we do the podcast to begin with. We want to find people better wine. The whole reason I kind of wanted to start the podcast in the beginning because I noticed. Uh, I have a now defunct, well, I guess I don't have it anymore, but wine review blog, it's not up anymore. Defunct makes it sound like someone came in and shut it down. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to pay GoDaddy yeah, another $13 to something more back fun, up, which was talking about wine with, with these two jabronis. Like, you didn't... Yeah, that's yeah. right. No, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you didn't get, like, a C-plus rating from the health bureau or anything like that. No, like, no, 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 was, no, no, no. Defunct you meaning must I shut this website down, Mr. White. These takes are <laughs> trash. No, nobody nobody shut it down. No, but, but go uh, on, but, sir. Yeah, I... I start all that because, like, there really is a difference between this kind of wine. This is kind of the bulk style cheap wine, and you know, yeah. even slightly better wine. And I, I just want people drinking the slightly better wine. Like, there's so much wine out here, and people continue to bring this stuff home. And like, I feel like that's why wine sometimes gets a bad name because you're you're drinking this. And if you like this, I'm sorry for crapping on it, but it's it's just not not good no i think that's i think that's really a uh, really good point colin so would you are you going down the drain oh yeah straight down the drain i'm not even gonna take the sip from joel i'm just i'm popping this straight to the drain <laughs> no i know i'm gonna i'm gonna lose in the ultimate vote i am sure actually no i, I take that back because i am gonna <laughs> without jumping ahead i'm gonna i'm gonna make a, a bit of a pitch right here uh but i'm sure we're gonna end up in the same place in the end only that hold on hold on let me make myself as open to whatever pitch for this wine that you're going to provide me because you need to do a lot of work right now. Let me get very comfortable. <laughs> okay. It's not even, it's not. Pitch, a, pitch me on this wine. It's not even a, a pitch. It is simply that I think I would keep this wine, like if it was in the closet, if it was in the back of a bar, like back of my bar and I need to grab it, like I think I'm okay with this as like an emergency wine. Because of the price point, because the fact that it's not gross, it's not great, but it's it it's not something that I'm like, oh god, I don't want to like I'm still gonna drink it. Um, now with that being said, when we get to the end of this, I would say it is a waste of your wine for the same reasons that you were saying, Joel, of like just spend the extra Spoiler. three four dollars, you know, to to get a slightly better yeah. one. Um, and to Colin's point. I think there's like an issue with within this is something I don't know that I got to learn that I have no idea if this is a local boutique wine or a massive global conglomerate because it looks there's nothing about the look, you know, that that of the bottle of the wine itself that would show off that it's a major company. So someone could easily pick this up thinking there's like, oh, this is just a, a small new company and not know that it's this mass produced, uh, you know, thing that that we're experiencing. Um, which I imagine is a bit of a problem. So I say all that to say for for the price point for like 13, 14 bucks, I have no problem keeping this in like my closet. I wouldn't dump it down the drain, but it's not something I'm recommending either. So can we say that maybe the way to sort of assess if it is sort of a, you know, a big conglomerate or, you know, just a, a vineyard that's that's making accessible wine. I mean, 
I, I know, I think we all kind of picked this up from our local grocer and I'm sure that there are some, some good wines, you know, if you have a really keen eye that you can pick up at your grocery store. But I mean, is there something to be said about the fact that something is so mass produced that I know that I can walk into my grocery store, I can walk into Target and pick this up an hour before we're recording this. And like, is, is that confidence maybe an indicator that it is so mass produced that you know, maybe they sacrifice a little bit of quality. Yeah, to pull back the curtain of this episode a little bit for, for the listeners, we actually had a funny situation where I grabbed a bottle and it was 2022. Colin went to Total Wine and could only find like 2021. I went to like my, like trying to find the right one, went to like the liquor store around the corner and they had the 2020 of, of the Malbec. And then my wife ended up finding like the 2021 at like an Acme on the corner so it's like to joel's point like just by the process of trying to all get the three of us on the same page of this wine we realized that this wine is literally everywhere just like every single store carries this it's like some version of this wine yeah and th this may sound pretentious but i'm gonna say it anyway but to, to joel's point i don't usually buy grocery store wine because this is usually what it is like I know it's the swirling of the wine, no grocery store wine. God, I'm the worst kind of person. The guy's standing um, in the back of the party, not talking to anyone, just drinking the wine he brought for himself. Swirling it. Yeah, that's right. I don't drink <laughs> that he doesn't lights. share with anybody. <laughs> One of those right. natties. I'm uh, drinking a Malbec. But yeah, the reason, <laughs> the reason is because it's usually mass produced to get it everywhere to make wine tastes exactly the same every year which is what these big producers try to do they have to really bastardize the grapes and add a bunch of stuff and so to get it to taste the same you, it, it just it can't be quality really if you're at home and you have only gotten wine from your local grocery store and you have a wine shop close by whether it's a you know a big you know corporate um, national wine shop or a little independently owned one. Maybe you're a little, you know, daunted from going in there and intimidated from going in there. Go in there because I promise you there are $15, $20 bottles of wine that are curated by these people who care and, and seek out, just like we're doing on this podcast, seek out value, you know, value added wines that are really, really quality um, that you can spend just about in the same price range, but have a really nice experience drinking it. So, you know, go and seek out a really quality wine shop. I, I know it made a lot of a, a difference for me, and I think it would for you as well as a listener, if you haven't already. Fantastic yeah, point, Joel. And I would say there's probably a slight difference between what you can pick up at your grocery store versus what you have access to at at a uh, you know national distributor like Total Wine, who is intentionally you know moving around and and distributing uh, a, a larger variety of wine, right? Than you know whoever you know whatever market basket or Publix is carrying, right? There's some there's some I'm saying there's some really great stuff in like a Total Wine or Bottle King because they have a wider variety than your average grocery store. Right. So so the theme of this episode is like, look, we're, we're, we're going to try all the stuff, uh, but, you know, there's some stuff that we're going to know ahead of time probably is not going to not going to land where we want to land. Uh, and, you know, we're going to try to help you find those those pieces that are that are going to be a little bit better for you. Um, so 
Uh, it might go without saying at this point, gentlemen, but uh, is this a waste of our wine? Colossal waste of your wine. Huge waste. Spend your money on better bottles of wine. Absolutely. Yep. Again, we're not we're not yep. saying spend thirty, forty, fifty bucks. We're saying there's probably a really solid Malbec for like seventeen ninety nine instead of you know buying this guy for for twelve ninety nine. And we're gonna help you find it. I've had some. Yes, we are. Yep. That's our goal. All right. Thank you all very much for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Colin, for teaching us how to swirl our wine like a bunch of jackasses. It was a fun one. Uh, as always, folks, please uh, subscribe, comment if you can, follow us on Instagram. Um, and as always, please stop wasting your wine. That's what we're for. All right. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Well, Joel, I I usually say see you next week, but Joel took that. So. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Maybe that's why I said it. It's okay. Oh, last <laughs> yeah. last week you also had a weird buy. I did, and the episode I'm editing now, I had a weird buy. I don't know what my problem is, but I can't say buy normally. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs>